It's Checkers or Wreckers as we enter turn four on the front stretch. Presented by Joe's Carding and Council Bluffs. Welcome back into the front stretch, rolling into turn number four, brought to you by Quaker Steak and Lube, the official watering hole of the front stretch. Get over to the lube today and enjoy the limited menu of the Mac Daddy Skillet. Dirk, you've tried this. We tried this a couple of weeks ago, and you would enjoy it a little bit better if it didn't have that spicy sauce on it. Well, not quite that spicy. It, it oh. needs some sauce because, I mean, nuggets need some sauce. Yep. You know, your boneless wings and pater tots need some sauce. But for me, it would have been more, it would probably been better if it was, you know, a barbecue type sauce. Just, you know, I, I'm old. My you can order that. Spicy. Just ask your waitress. Oh, I know, you know. But that oh, night I'm, that I'm I telling that to the fans. Sorry, I know, I know you know. Get yourself to Mac Daddy Skillet. It is a limited menu. And boy, oh boy, we have walked into absolutely beautiful weather. Heck, we could have a classic car on, classic car cruising on Thursday if uh, if Quaker State got around to it. Looks like the forecast right now is sunny and 61 for Thursday. We could do yeah, a classic it, car cruising. Once it got once the sun goes down, it'll it'll cool off quite a it bit. It gets a little brisk. You're right. And uh, Quaker State can lube the official. Go ahead. I don't think the guys are ready to bring their cars out on these streets yet. Oh, I don't know. I think these guys are pining to get their cars out because they didn't get to get them out much last year with all the shutdowns. Yeah, but still, they haven't swept the streets yet. There's plenty of brine, salt, gravel, and everything else on these roads now. That's why these bike bike guys have got to be careful. Yeah. There's still a ton of gravel out on these roads. Please, guys, if you're getting your bikes out in these nice weather in the next couple of days, be careful. And and by the way, and, and yes, bikers, be careful. And commuters, get your heads out of your asses and pay attention to your surroundings. Ever since I was a kid and, and, and uh, growing up on the farm, I, I got to have a motorcycle. I had a little motorcycle that I rode, rode around the farm and rode to uh, to go do work with my dad. I absolutely loved having a motorcycle. It's I you, wish... you actually crashed and hit your head a few times, didn't you? I knew there was an issue with you. I did, actually. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I did. I very much did. I still have the scars to show to prove it. But I, I would love to get a motorcycle today because I would love to be able to have a commuter that saves me gas, that that it's, it's much. It, I would absolutely love to have a motorcycle today. But there is no way in hell I will own a motorcycle on the roads with some of the people in this area, they just, they're too stuck in their phones. They're too stuck in their world. They're not paying attention. And unfortunately, if you get into an accident on a motorcycle, you're more than likely maimed for the rest of your life or you're dead. And that's just terrible. So pay attention to your surroundings. Don't run that yellow light. Pay attention to what you're doing. Observe traffic. Look twice. Keep people alive. That's your public service announcement for the day. All right. Let's talk about Homestead Miami Speedway. I was happy with the race it was it was great to to see a a nice wide race the restarts were exciting it did get a little bit drawn out and unfortunately i think what william byron won by like four and a half seconds actually it was down to right at i think about three seconds if if they'd have got a green white checker he would not have won no i don't think so was coming like a ton of bricks man he was he was hauling the mail at the end there was 13 laps to go and he ran down well he went from fifth to second in 10 laps but that was about six seconds he carved out of the lead in those 10 laps that's a lot of carbon yeah well and and let's let's look at this if there would have been a green white checkered who do you who would you have put money on tyler reddick or kurt bush tyler reddick because kurt had the freshest tires of anybody out there other than i guess eric amarola who had to come in 
they all would have pitted or a vast majority of them would have. Yeah. You think Kurt would have stayed out? Maybe, but he would have needed half the field to stay out with him. And I don't know if he would have got that. Yeah. Because yeah, the car he would have got to stay out would have been the, the cars a lap down, figuring they could gain one lap back. And some of them that would have been for position. Mm-hmm. But it was sure an ebb and flow race. Yeah, really was. You know, there were a lot of cars. Like I said, Tyler Reddick did nothing the first two stages. I think he was like 22nd or something at the end of the second stage. Yeah, you he know? said his car finally came to life late in the race. Well, when the sun went down. Yeah, it, 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 and I, I, I was coming back from Lincoln from doing some computer work for some people and um, they were, he was, they were talking about that on MRN that it was, there was comers and goers. Most people who had a good car early in the day were gone. And most people who had a bad car early in the day were coming. Uh, Yeah. I mean, Kurt Busch ran around the top 10 most of the time. He was doing pretty well. Hamlin, I think would have stayed in the top 10 all day if he hadn't had to start at the back. Logano dropped like a stone the start of the third stage and i i know he ended up down a lap well so did harvick harvick dropped quick too i mean he 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 took off and got up to second i think he started fourth but he had a strong car early and then as the rate as the the run went on that green flag run went on his car faded and i think he fell outside the top 10 at the end of that first stage yeah and then he was he was back in the early 20s you know 20th 21st 22nd for a while and uh, then he got a solid finish. I mean, he's him and uh, Michael McDowell, the only two guys that have got three top 10 so far. Yeah. So William Byron ends up getting the win. First win of 2021 for him. 200, what did I see? 238th win for Hendrick Motorsports. Yeah, something like that. 238, 236, something like that. Did you see somebody posted on Facebook all the different wins? Yeah, uh, I think that was NASCAR that posted that. I'm scrolling through trying to find the post again. But yeah, it broke it down by that. all the different Hendrick Motorsports winners. You know, but between Gordon and Jimmy Johnson was uh, 176 or 179 wins. Yeah, I, I want to say Gordon had 93 wins for Hendrick and Johnson had 83 wins for Hendrick. I was going to say, I couldn't remember if Johnson was 83 or 86, but yeah, Gordon 93 was correct. I guess I was got down just a couple guys in single digits. Yeah, I was oh. kind of surprised that I, and maybe I should have known this, but I, I was surprised that that uh, Jeff Gordon still has more wins than uh, than Jimmy Johnson does. I, I oh. just kind of assumed that a uh, hundred and excuse me, five straight championships in a row and seven championships in his career at Hendrick Motorsports. I kind of assumed he would have had more wins than Gordon, but Gordon's yeah, on but, top. But a lot of Jimmy's championships had nothing to do with, you know, the the win and move on system. Yeah, because he, I mean, he would be good for, you know, what, five, six wins in a season, but they were more about consistency, right? Right. And, uh, but, and Gordon's career was all, all, also longer than Jimmy Johnson's career. Yeah. Hey, real quick, before we get back to the, uh, the Hendrick Motorsports, or excuse me, the, uh, the results for Homestead. I wanted to talk a little bit about what happened on Saturday night during the Xfinity Series race to our good buddy, David Starr. Coral Long Motorsports, who David was driving for in the 13 car, posted a picture after the race of a uh, the tire that had come apart, but it wasn't flat yet. That this had resulted in David being well off the pace and Noah Gregson slamming into the back of him. Now, you guys, you and in in uh, in the the Krogers who were good friends with, were following this, so you could probably speak to it a little bit better. Maybe for anybody that didn't see it. 
basically what happened and first of all let me just say if you've ever if you, if you've never been to a cup drivers meeting or xfinity series or truck series or any touring series at the drivers meeting when a guy's going a lap down they are told to hold their line so if you're running the high line just stay there let the leader go around you you know Mm -hmm. don't move don't change your line because he's going to try and pass you okay so there's that because all these people have been knocking david Starr for being in the line he was in he there was plenty of room for noah to go around him on the outside he had a car and a half up there until david's tire tore up his right front tire and sent him into the wall yeah you know but Noah should have been nowhere near David Starr with a 10-second lead and three laps to go in the race. If, if Starr was on the top third of the track, he should have been on the bottom. I don't give a well, damn what the line was. And let, let's he, face it, 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 I'm sorry to interrupt, but from the clips I saw, David had been in trouble for a while. Where was Noah's spotter saying, trouble in front of you, go low, go low? Well, you, you don't know how far, how far up he was looking. Yeah. No, because, well, he closed 15 car lengths in the snap of a finger, you know, that there at the end, when he hit him, he didn't have a prayer. I mean, he had room to go by him and all of a sudden David shot to the right. You could tell something was wrong. Even Almarola and Kurt Busch, who were in the booth, both said, ah, tire went down, you know, and one of them said probably a right front and the tire didn't actually go down, but literally the rubber was gone. Yeah, And so the, when it rolled over under that spot with no rubber, it just slid him right up in the wall. He was trying to race on the courts, but he was trying to nurse at home. He was the last car on the lead lap. He had like a five second lead over the car behind him that was already a lap down. So all he had to do is nurse at home three laps and, and, and come home with a top 12 finish. You know, he, uh, he had done a great job all day with a small team taking care of his tires. And, you know, damn well, he didn't have six sets of brand new tires in his pit right. box when the race started right you know so he knew he was on wore out tires that's why he was just driving up there in that upper middle groove and just trying to stay out of everybody's way this was in no way david Starr's fault no, no I, way I, whatsoever and then gregson oh just what an idiot he doesn't do anything wrong no matter how bad he drives he mm -hmm. doesn't do anything wrong and i'll guarantee you after that interview dale jr kicked put a boot right in his butt did you see did uh, did did Bob send you the same video he sent me on on Facebook Messenger? I watched it. <laughs> he said, there's, these, there's these dipshits out there every week. It's exactly and, what Grayson said. And then it's a montage of him slamming into every other car throughout his entire career. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I, yeah. I wanted well, to share it out on the Facebook page, but it wouldn't do any good, and and I don't like to to you know stir up that stuff, but. I'll guarantee you that that junior put a boot in his ass last night. I hope he did. All right, let's get back to the homestead results. Once again, William Byron picks up his win. Tyler Reddick, incredibly respectable second place finish, probably had uh, between him and Kurt Busch, two best cars at the end of that race, but it was a strung out race towards the end. And had Tyler been able to catch Larson and Truex and get by them the first time, I think we might've had a battle by the end of that race. I don't, I don't know if that would have helped him any. Um, I was surprised he made the move the first time when he did, because he really hadn't closed up on Truex's rear bumper. 
If he would have waited one more lap to make his move in one and two, I think he got by Truex the first time. Speaking of Truex, he landed home in third. Kyle Larson with a nice top five finish. He brings it home in fourth. And Kevin Harvick is your fifth place car. Michael McDowell, sixth. Newman, seventh. Kurt Busch, eighth. Alex Bowman, ninth. And Kyle Busch with a top 10 finish. This is, excuse me, this is a little crazy to me, but Michael McDowell is your current playoff points leader of the three drivers that are automatically qualified for the playoffs michael mcdowell is your points leader well three top tens you know and nobody else has that it's pretty easy to see even though byron yesterday had a great points day mm-hmm. you know winning a state i think he was third or fourth in the first stage won the second stage and won the race so he had like a 57 point day or something like that yeah 57 yeah so that that had to be the top point getter on the day i mean i had tyler reddick in the fantasy in the fantasy league i was just surprised he didn't make a little move a little earlier and he even said that in his post-race interview he said i got so many coulda woulda shouldas yeah you know i he goes i i feel in my heart i gave this race away because i should have been several places ahead when the car really came alive and he goes i think i had plenty for him and I think I could have got by him, but I had too much time to make up. And, and once again, you know, a, a great run for Tyler Reddick. Awesome run for him. He's been very well. He's been done really well in that tr- in at Homestead Miami Speedway before. So he knows how to be successful at that track. Yeah, he even just, got disqualified on Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> I am thoroughly impressed with the consistent run that Michael McDowell put up in that 34 car. Winning at Daytona was fantastic. Finishing well at, at the road course, great. The real season has begun. And what happened at Homestead kind of has me thinking maybe this team is, is taking a step up a little bit. Now, it's, it's going to be a long season. We've seen, we see teams come and go all the time. I mean, every three or four weeks, it's a whole different crowd that's challenging for race wins. But I, I was just thoroughly impressed with Michael's results. I also think that the financial boost they got from winning Daytona mm-hmm. as might have upgraded their engine situation. Well, I, how I was wondering that too, but could they have turned a new engine around in that time? Well, yeah. I mean, those, those guys got engines sitting on a shelf ready for Kansas already. Well, yeah. But what I'm saying is that they cashed the check for one of the Daytona 500. Could they have gotten an engine for the Homestead race by that time? They could have got an they could have got an engine to race on Monday after the 500. Is what okay. I'm saying. Those engines, yeah. there's engines stacked on top of each other at some of these engine shops. Okay, I thought you were saying at the race shop, like they've got race, they've got engines sitting at their shop ready to go for Kansas. But that doesn't do any good if if we're talking about them purchasing a brand new engine. Well, they probably they probably they're a small enough team. They don't have their own engine department. They might only have two, maybe three engines even sitting in that shop. Yeah. You know, it, it they're buying a, it, their engines from somebody. You it know, makes my guess. a whole whole lot of difference when you got a, a brand new state of the art uh, power power plant moving your car through the field. Well, exactly, and and they had plenty of horsepower yesterday, and that for some of those lower budget teams. I mean, let's look at David Starr. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have the horsepower. He doesn't have the the engine under the hood to win a race. He just doesn't. You know, but that's yep. the low budget deal. Right. You know, it's unfortunate, but that's the way it is. Um, and on a, a, a 400 mile race like this on these mile and a half tracks, 12 or 15 horsepower is huge. Yeah. 
Yep. It's huge. And, you know, they even might have some more wind tunnel money out of, out of that Daytona win. You know, it's hard to tell what they've got. Them running up front, they're into the winter circle program where they get more of the purse every week. All that stuff, you know, yeah, just. I, I have no doubt. I have no doubt that, that that the Daytona 500 win helped them tremendously. I I just didn't know if it would help them this quick. Like, I don't know how fast they could get those, you know, the new shock information, the the, the new chassis and the new engines. I didn't know how quickly they could get that turned around. You know, uh, you're impressed with Michael McDowell, and so am I. I think he's got a great start to a season. It could be a career year for him. You know, late bloomer type guy. But uh, how about Ryan Newman's run yesterday? Yeah. You know, how about Roush, period? Um, uh, yeah. Uh, what, Chris Buescher went in stage one? One stage one and was very competitive early. And then he's one of those guys that fell like a rock. But Newman sat there right between, you know, eighth and 14th or 15th almost all day, you know, and just drove around in there and got himself a solid top 10 at the end, but was yeah. very competitive all day. You know, Chris Buescher, it was fun to see him up front and he looked so good early. Yeah, he did. You know, damn, he was one of those guys. He had, he had a good car early and they didn't keep up with the changes and, and he ended up finishing 19th. I was going to say he was back a little bit. I, I was he even on a lead lap? Uh, I, I thought he got lapped yes. towards the end. He was one. Yeah, Joey Logano was the last car on the lead, lead lap at twenty fifth. I wonder how Joe. How Joey Logano get back on the lead lap? He must have raced his way back because I remember I had him in, on my fantasy team on my five driver team, and I remember looking, and he was a lap down when I got back. So all right, let's, he must have been able to race back and get on the lead lap. Let's roll through some of the bad days. Eric Amarola involved in an accident with him and Ryan Blaney early on. Eric Amarola, 30th. Ryan Blaney, 29th. Matt DiBenedetto, 28th. Eric Jones, 27th. We just talked about Logano in 25th. Christopher Bell, who was last week's winner, ended up finishing 20th. And your current point standings, Denny Hamlin is your points leader for the regular season. Harvick is second. Logano's third. Then McDowell kind of scattered from there, but Michael McDowell, Christopher Bell, William Byron, three drivers who are already locked into the playoffs. Dirk, we talked about it last week. Michael McDowell took a win away that probably would have been there for somebody to qualify on points. Christopher Bell, he was probably going to win throughout the year. And William Byron's coming on stronger late last year and, and showing some strength this year. Those are three wins that weren't guaranteed for these three drivers. Like well, you would, I, like you would assume with a Harvick, a, a Logano, a, a Hamlin, a Kozlowski, you know, they're, those are guys that you would expect. They're kind of locked into the playoffs. Byron, I think was going to win this year. And I will be surprised yeah. if he doesn't end up with like three wins. I really will. Yeah. Um, he came on last year and ran very well. Christopher Bell winning and winning very early in the year was a surprise. Obviously McDowell's was a surprise. Yeah. You, you said, and it sounds kind of funny to say it, but Kyle Larson's like the weak link at Hendrick. <laughs> well, he had a good run yesterday on Sunday also. Yeah. Well, Larson had to finish yeah. in fourth after starting 17th. Yeah. And after, you know, having a year or basically a year off, you mm -hmm. know, he, he ran the first few races last year. So we'll see what he does later on. You know, he's still getting, you know, because they don't have practice and stuff. So, you know, or, you know, anything at the he's, track like that. So he's still getting his, his feet wet. He's in that yeah. simulator. 
Uh, oh, yeah, I'm sure he is. Absolutely. And hopefully he doesn't have any microphone on when he's doing it. <laughs> I think he learned his lesson. All right, um, let's talk about results this time. We're going to head to Las Vegas on Sunday. Joey Logano picked up the win last year. Matt DiBenedetto came home second. Ricky Stenhouse Jr., when he was in the 47 car, was third. Austin Dillon was fourth. Jimmy Johnson, top five. Bubba Wallace, sixth. Brad Keselowski, seventh. Harvick, eighth. Larson, ninth. And Ty Dillon, tenth. Bad days, uh, Christopher Bell, when he was in the 95, 33rd. Who else? Chase Elliott, 26th. Kurt Busch, 25th. And that looks to be about it. The race Sunday at Las Vegas Motor Speedway for the Pennzoil 400 is at 2.30 Eastern time. Make sure you get your picks in on time for the Rick Haven Ridge Pickens Contest. All right, once again, get down to Quaker Steak and Lube for all the NASCAR action. The Pennzoil 400 at Las Vegas Motor Speedway on Sunday. Coverage is on Fox and PRN and, and the Sirius XM. You can always listen to all of the PRN, MRN broadcasts on the NASCAR app. Just click on Scanner, and the uh, the race broadcast is the first one you could choose. It's free, and you can hear the best play-by-play coverage. I want to say a big thanks once again to Chris Van Osdell for joining us and Quinn Hauf for sitting down and talking to us and picking yet another whiskey that I need to put in my collection. Dirk, uh, good luck getting a new kidney this week. Hopefully we get to talk next week and you're on the mend. Yep, that's the plan. I hope it comes through, but all I can do is sit here and wait. Just sit and wait. All right, for everybody else, have a great week. Enjoy the beautiful weather, and we'll see you at the racetrack soon. I'm Dan Taylor. That's Dirk Houston. This has been The Front Stretch. The official watering hole of The Front Stretch has you covered any day of the week with the best wings, great burgers, and amazing steaks. Each weekday from 4 to 6 is Happy Hour, featuring dollar-off draft and well drinks plus $4 Luberitas. Mondays are Kids Night. Tuesdays are all-you-can-eat wings for $12.95, and the lube even delivers to the Council Bluffs area. Like Quaker Steak and Lube Council Bluffs on Facebook for a full list of weekly events. Get to Quaker Steak and Lube. Mid-America Drive, Council Bluffs. Hey, look at that. You're sitting on your couch playing Halo, Madden, or NASCAR while your friends are at Joe's Karting. Each lap is an adrenaline-filled, heart-pumping, white-knuckle experience that you can only get at the Metro's largest indoor karting track. Eco-friendly Honda engines rip you around the professionally designed road course at breakneck speeds. Can you reach the 14-second lap bracket? There's only one way to find out. Put the controller down and get to Joe's Karting, 23rd Avenue in Council Bluffs next to Quaker Steak and Lube.